Hello and welcome to the Field of Design podcast for your news, stories and nonsense from the sports apparel and sports creative industry. My name is Mason and with me, the Samoan bulldozer, Nick Bassett. I must be able to play for New South Wales then. (laughs) And the blonde-haired, blue-eyed excitement machine, Kit Lushev. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. I don't know if I can say that. That's probably a bit below the belt, that one. <laughs> I, uh, I'm okay. I haven't really slept since we're recording this on a Thursday. So last night was obviously the Origin victory. I was fortunate, mm-hmm. fortunate enough to attend. Um, went along oh, yeah. with, with the Cronulla Sharks guys um, and cop shit for the best part of oof, six hours. And then as soon as it became apparent Queensland was going to win, they all fucking disappeared. So, uh, yeah, great fun. Did you return with the smuggest of all faces? Oh, I gave him shit, mate. Yeah. Gave him merry when I was at the Brumbies game. Just talk just that little bit too loud so they hear you. Oh, I I was fucking yelling. (laughs) (laughs) I was in a pub. There was many Queenslanders and one New South Welsh person, and they got some shit. Well, that was me at the function beforehand. And there was Paul Gallen and E.T. And, uh, yeah, I was the butt of all jokes. I was so smug and confident and then uh, lost the game. So Is Paul Gallen's face as punchable in real life? His face looks like it's been beaten up a fair bit already. He's fucking ugly. <laughs> did you... He is a boxer these days, right? Yeah. Did you spend the rest of the night with, uh, who was it, Jai... Jai Arrow apparently didn't rock up back to the team hotel till 6.30 a.m., so were you out partying with him all night, were you? No, I got in at probably 1.30, but still feeling a bit dusty. I saw his interview this morning, actually. Fuck, it was hilarious. Didn't What's that well. lovely little polo you got on there, mate? Uh, this is actually an East Fremantle Sharks polo. Hell uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Can't be here all night. Is here it? for a short time, not is a long it? time. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so if you if you would like to keep up with the visual references in today's show, you can by following the links in the podcast app's episode description. Otherwise, follow our Instagram at Field of Design Podcast for highlights from the show. You can also get in touch with us via our Instagram or via email at fieldofdesignpodcast at gmail.com. All posts this week were made on Illustrator. I just want to get that out there. I'll look out. <laughs> um, Nick, why don't you kick off the news this week, mate? Yeah, a few um, football releases. So Manchester United's new kit released last week. They debuted it the other night against Liverpool. Um, clear sort of return back to the 90s with that ribbed collar and the uh, the red and black design on that. Um, some sort of pinstriping down the front and back. Black Adidas stripes, clean clean kit with the uh, the one button collar, and kit your team Chelsea's released theirs as well. The better team, yes. So Chelsea uh, have released a new home kit marking seventy years since the appointment of legendary Chelsea manager Ted Drake. Nike and the Did club you know that? did not know that. I'm actually just reading up on it now. So Ted was a manager, and the reason they're paying well, the way they're paying homage to him is uh, by including the club logo uh, sort of pattern through the collar. So apparently he worked on rejigging the brand identity and 
bringing the new logo in or some, something. So a little bit yeah, weird. Yeah, he was um, instrumental in putting the lion into the logo. Yeah, so, I mean, a bit of a stretch there. You, you can't just yeah, say because we sure. put, put the club <laughs> logo on their jersey that we're paying homage to old mate in the 50s or whenever it was. So Yeah. No, uh, that's that's an issue with the old marketing people. I'll come to one soon that will have a load of marketing rubbish around it. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, next out this week was, um, sorry, Inter's home kit as well. There's has that interesting Nike sort of pattern collar that they're using, which sucks. Yeah, just yeah, ruins so many. Not kids. a nice kit. It's not a nice collar at all. The the standard, obviously black and blue stripes, but yeah, the collar sort of ruins this one. I think it's almost uh, like a bib. It's like a bib yeah. under the neck a little bit, right? It is. It's real weird, and this it almost makes the shoulders not sit right. It sort of gathers around the shoulders and, and armpit area. Yeah. Especially with no no extra seam there. Um, and then Liverpool's away kit, same sort of pattern, uh, psychedelic sort of dizzying design inspired by the country, uh, the, the city's 90s sort of dance music scene apparently, so. That's cool, um, wow. Yeah, bit of a out there one for, for them. Very sort of training kitty, but not a bad one. Uh, and awesome. Crystal I really Palace. I like that one too. Yeah, yes, yeah, nice kit. They debuted that as well um, against Man United the other night in Bangkok. Um, and Crystal Palace's home kit, this is that one I was going to mention. Um, so they've gone with this sort of scribble design, the red and blue stripes that they usually have. Um, but it's an exact copy of Haydick Split's kit from last season. So no doubt the Crystal Palace kit will be released with how it relates to the city and whatnot and all this stuff. <laughs> Marketing but, spin. Yeah. yeah, but as we know, Dundee also have this kit this year in a white and sort of sky blue design, um, and then Haydick had it last year. So It's not even a good graphic. Like it's too, it's too sort of text, textury. Like it'd be cooler if it was more, I don't know, more, more organic. More solid stripe and then the less sort of yeah either more solid or just go comp the complete other way yeah make it really think... scratchy and yeah, so, so you, you're suggesting not enough texture in yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the scribbles like make it a little bit more grungy yeah yeah i agree yeah ex that's yep. exactly right it looks like it's done with a whiteboard marker right like yeah cool if it was yeah more had a bit more texture going through it it and looks basically like you've given, given a toddler a, a crayon and yeah, let them Going go back and forth down a shirt. Yeah, I even wonder. I even wonder if it just needs like the layered effect. Like you know, when you get a highlighter and you go back and forth, and you might not get it perfectly even. You're kind of getting that overlay. Yeah. On it, I nearly wonder if that's probably what it needs. The second tee up gives it like a drop shadow look, but it, it's as he said, it's still too structured. But I reckon if they dropped the the second level and actually went with that with the overlay i reckon it would stand out a hell of a lot better mm. yeah a bit of transparency over it yeah yeah what's next mason on to you yeah mate so from raiders.com.au canberra raiders crazy socks campaign the raiders are proud to support the crazy socks campaign for this weekend raising awareness for the men of league foundation this annual campaign aims to raise awareness 
for the community work undertaken through the Men of League National Wellbeing Program with proceeds raised from the sales of the socks helping to fund the program. Gee, all I can all I can see is that nineteen ninety four Broncos Diamonds jersey. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's what I was just about to say myself. That's it's surely they've like got to go. Pattern is synonymous with it now. Yeah. Go the whole way and just release a jersey with it, eh? Yeah. Maybe they, maybe the intention was to, and then when they realised it looks too much like the Broncos, perhaps. Maybe they've already used their what eight jerseys this year. It's uh, it's it's all good and well doing things with socks until, you know, eighty percent of the players just wear them scrunched down anyway. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> and do you guys? One... Oh, sorry. Do you guys have those sort of club days here on professional teams that they wear their like childhood club socks? On a on a round of the year, yeah, they do that in the NPC back home. I think it's cool. Yeah, good little um, a little nod to their just a their nod, yeah. yeah. And this one flew across my inbox this week. Uh, Nicky, familiar with this team, Dundee United FC? Is that one on your yeah, radar at all? Scottish team. Um, yep. They that's they're actually. Another team with this Crystal Palace. Yeah, you just template. mentioned them, actually. Yeah, I just meant... <laughs> Did you? Sorry, mate. <laughs> no, um, you're good. So, I haven't seen this new rebrand, though. So, yeah, this is from DundeeUnitedFC.co.uk. Dundee United is excited to reveal our latest evolution of the club crest as part of an ongoing brand regeneration that will allow the visual identity of the club to become more modern, clear, and consistent. So I think something that we talked about in one of our earlier episodes around just modernizing um, some of these logos on one of the links that we've attached there, it does, uh, I think you actually have to click in the link of the link that's in the episode description, uh, full, fuller details of the brand. It actually goes through and shows the history of all of the um, club logos throughout their time, but um yeah, I think there's probably a little bit of wank in there, but the, it's it, at the same time, it is also a nice modernization of the brand or of the logo itself. I, Sorry, I somewhat agree. I like I like what they've done. I think the the new text looks good. I yep. like that they've freshened up the the logo a bit and thicker lines. And you know, we have spoken about that. But is the line had they not taken that far enough? Like, should that have been given like a proper facelift it's almost like you know half a job like it's so similar to the original one do you even bother having changed it in that link in that link you posted it's got an overlay of the the new Mm. and the old logos it kind of looks pretty cool but the um and you can really see where the whole crest has changed but that line um i'm assuming that's a line right uh that has that hasn't changed at all (laughs) practically like very, very. It's almost minor. just been stretched out. I would say it's too sort of tall and skinny. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I would probably give it a bit more sort of bulk, make it yeah. look a bit stronger. It is interesting. Uh, I was looking at it last night, and you know some of the highlighted circles that they've got, where it says like clumsy negative space and lost definition, and yeah, fair enough. The misalignment of the the diamonds around the the crest itself versus the the internal mm. portion of the logo but when i look at the updated version i still see clumsy negative space or more so more so i don't actually see what they're determining is clumsy negative space 
it almost doesn't change the areas that they're pointing out, does it? <laughs> well, the only thing I can lock lock down is where the the mouth of the lion is, and then it curves around into the forearm. They've they've kind of thickened the forearm a little bit, but then they've also they've also actually uh, mirrored the diamond pattern behind the lion. So the orange now sits on the top yeah. right rather than the top left. And if you see inside the mouth on the original logo, the line actually skews through the opening of the mouth, whereas in the mm. update it doesn't. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't necessarily label that as clumsy negative space. I would more label the area around the the arm and the mouth and the nose of the line as, as the negative space. And when I look at the the old and the new, Yes, it is updated, but I'm not necessarily seeing too much difference. So I don't fully understand what it is that they're trying to communicate there. Everything around the line is done, eh? Everything around the line is done well. And yeah. then you're probably just a little bit let down by that. I, I reckon I can tell you exactly what's happened here. And the whole thing could probably be summarized by points for trying, but this creative agency has been given this and probably had some cool ideas and thought they could redraw the line. They've given the the first round of concepts back to the club, and the, yep. the old boys have gone. Oh, no, you can't, you can't touch the lion. You can't touch the lion. So the, the the middle ground was them just, you know, giving everything else a facelift and, you know, shaving some angles on the lion and keeping it pretty much the same. So exactly, uh, they, they describe it. Uh, the the proud lion now has a sleek, fresher, and more modern modern look, which I disagree with. Yeah, I don't know if you want sleek from a lion. I'd bulk it up. Fatten it up. Give him some (laughs) biceps. Give him some some muscle. Yeah. But anyway, recommend if you're interested in that type of stuff, check out the links there. A full breakdown, uh, 26 pages worth of um, rebranding content for you to read. Oh, yeah. Well, that pretty much sums up the news unless there's any late mail that's come in in that space. Otherwise, we might jump over now to our weekly topic. And we had a bit of a brainstorm over the weekend and decided what a great time to go back into the history books and uh, reminisce around some great logos of the past that we may not see anymore. We were uh, were actually in inspired by uh, the failure of New South Wales. So we look, wanted to look at a few other failing teams that, that uh, went ex- extinct. So defunct clubs and our favourite and worst logos of, of such clubs. Um, so we'll open the, the gates with you, Nick. Why don't you start off, see if you can come up with one from uh, the homeland because oh, apparently so- there's no defunct teams in New Zealand, so he yeah, says. Apparently. I'll come up with them later. I'll bring you out a Kiwi one later. But uh, okay. a good one that sort of jumped to mind, or uh, one that just jumps to my mind straight away, whether it's good or not, you guys can decide, um, is the Houston Oilers. Um, lovely oil rig logo. They had that mm. powder blue, um, the deep red outline. Wasn't too bad. This is NFL, yeah? NFL, yep. Um, and then another NFL team from way back in the day in the 40s. Look at this absolute magnificence from the Providence Steamrollers. So wow. literally a steamroller in a red circle with a gold out. Oh, 
tan outline. Yeah, right out of a comic book from <laughs> how good is from that? The 50s. It does look like it's come from a uh, from a comic book. Yeah. Um, what's the year difference between these two, mate? When we're while we're um, on the NFL teams here, the Steamrollers one is like forties, nineteen forties. Yeah. Um, and then the Oilers, they were a long term sort of. They've sort of been in and out and around, but in the sixties, this one from the sixties. Wow, it yeah. it actually does seem quite modern for yeah. a '60s logo, right? Like it's got those nice thick lines. It's got the two tier contour around it, which is you know yeah. really classic when we talk about sports logos and and sports branding and design. Um, and still simple, and you'd nearly say when we we had an episode topic a while ago around modern. Um, you know, what the term timeless modern, logos. yeah, timeless logos. You could nearly argue that this is in that space where yeah. if you were a diehard supporter of the sport and, and knew a relatively good history of the sport, you would see that logo and know what that team is straight away, right? That, you know, the, the Maccas element or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's right. And um, it is a it is a logo that always seems to pop back up, and people redraw it and do concepts and you know modern day jerseys and and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's probably exactly what you you sort of get when you've got a timeless logo is is people always trying to bring it back. Then when you compare that to the what is it the steamrollers? A Providence steamrollers, yeah, from the forties. Yeah, we're looking at a full detailed comic book essentially drawing here of or. 40s as you say style artwork and it's even mm. got providence etched into the the front of the machine as well yeah. so definitely before a time of how oh, would sorry. that apply sorry i was looking at the wrong text it's 1925 to 31 okay there you go would that would have been at a time when that that logo was even included on uniforms no nah, it wouldn't you... have been um, i don't think patches probably Oh well, patches would have been around that time by then, surely. And they they would have sh- surely had about eight different jerseys made by different company, you know. Yeah. Different, you, you know, just whoever can supply jerseys that that year. Yeah. There'd be different versions of it and different colors and and everything. And yeah. then another piece oh, yeah, of no. oh sorry, one more piece of magnificence I found from the sixties. Okay. Um, the Houston Colt 45s. If you want to get completely literal with a logo, here we go. <laughs> Pretty cool. Explain too. what we're looking at with this one. So this one's basically a word mark. Um, Houston curved over in like a, what would you call that, saloon style font, the Houston. And then yeah. Colt 45s and a bit more of a rounded off font with literally a Colt 45 and, and the, the, C in Colt, the C in Colt, right, is supposed to be the smoking like, of the gun. Yeah. Yeah, with the dot .45S on it. Real literal. They couldn't have spelt it out any better. Uh, poor poor decision-making on having Houston in the classic sports arch and then the rest of the logo being quite really straight, horizontal and square. Obviously, I hate. It just doesn't balance up at all, does it? Yeah, I reckon you could find a pretty decent modernization of that logo around somewhere, or if not, it wouldn't um, 
it wouldn't be too hard to actually bring that to life in a modern style. Being on um, baseball jerseys, they like dropped the Houston as well, so um, it looked a bit better when it was on a on a baseball jersey. Yep, fair enough. What do we got, Kit? You match that. All right, so <laughs> as uh, as is pretty standard with me, I'm not venturing too far from home. I am going to throw up uh, my beloved Western Reds. Of course, yeah. And our defunct rugby league team, which was a, unfortunately a victim of the uh, the Super League Wars. So, uh, trying to share their logo with us now, guys. But um, obviously, the classic bouncing red kangaroo in front of a sun. Uh, you know the black backed Western text, and then the the really sort of you know product of its time, the red uh, sort of brush brush stroke text. On an upwards that, angle, I just think it's iconic. That Probably text a little bit. definitely bias. 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, Uncle Bushook may or may not have taken heavy inspiration from this logo for, for his, lo- his, uh, his branding. That um, cheeky Uncle Bushchuk. Oh, how many times does he want to get sued, that bloke? But, <laughs> <laughs> what so is this was... the 20% rule? Yeah, yeah. So, this was obviously sort of got a facelift i think it was like the the early 2010s or something when they got a uh, got a junior team in the new south wales cup or whatever it was as the wa reds which uh probably lost a bit of its charm but i think it's still a pretty cool modernization of a logo um i why, love seeing that stuff the only thing i would pick on up straight away is why is the shadowing on the like tail just straight lines why have they just gone point to point and not followed the curve of the leg? Or I think you can f- find it's probably in a fair few elements there of the yeah. it's the style that they've gone with. It's not all smooth and it's not all rigid. But I think if you look in the S, the the highlights of the S, mm. um, and like above the eyebrow and stuff as well, on above the, the eyebrow and the nose. Yeah. So I think it was part of the style. This reminds me a lot of the original Gold Coast Titans logo the style that they've used there with a lot of jagged lines and highlights and shadows all brought in together i think it's probably a style that was around at the time um but i'm with you kid on this i think yes it is kind of showing its age now but again you could really easily modernize that Mm. again further um to to bring it into the what are we in the 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 roaring 20s um, what, what always annoyed me is that the, the jersey that the kangaroo is wearing uh, looks nothing like anything the club ever wore. I just <laughs> always found that strange. Um, and you could probably accept it if it was just a plain jersey, but it looks to have some detailing on the sleeves and stuff. So it just always confused me. Um, so the next one, next one I'm going to choose is maybe a little closer to home for our friend Mason here. Um Less so the logo, but more so just the, the, the general branding. Um, and it's the Brisbane Bears. Uh, the colours, the Guernseys that they ran out in, obviously it's tainted by poor results and, and everything else that went went with them at the time. But uh, I just thought it was interesting. Uh, like that, the, their, you know, big V jersey is, uh, oh, Guernsey was, was awesome, I reckon, and... Um, 
you know, one thing, obviously, the, the weirdest thing is that their moniker or mascot was a koala bear or a koala, and koalas are obviously not bears. So that was a little, little interesting one. But um, when did yeah. that first one come out? The first what? Sorry, that koala logo. When did? When was that sort of? And uh, I think it was 1987. Yeah, right. I believe that's when they that's came into the back. comp. Wow. Yeah, so they came in in 1987 with West Coast. I assume that was their first logo um, and you say you say the koala bear is not really a bear the whole bb thing looks a bit like a snake too so a little bit off brand on both counts and maybe it was a, a nod to the brown snake of brisbane who knows but <clears throat> i know that that's the shape of who that's meant, meant, meant to represent the uh the you know the state map of queensland the triangular that's... with the bb in it yeah, correct. Oh, okay, that's probably a that's bit of a far reach. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I can kind of see what they're doing with the you know the tail of the bee coming across to the the left or what you would label as the west, I guess to to finish that bit of Queensland off. But so so yeah. that was that was 1987. They had that logo for a couple of years, and then they all they did was change the the maroon to a cerise color. Mm. Um, which I found strange. It was more of a pinky color. And then in 1994, they went to that V logo, which is a bit of a bland one. Uh, they got rid of the koala on it. Yeah, to match the jumpers. So. so would you argue that the original colors that they went with was nearly brown rather than maroon? It is very brown, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm much more Definitely. satisfied with the colours that the, the Lions have ended up with now, which I know is <clears throat> in a bit of a blend in elements of both Fitzroy and and the original Brisbane, the Bears. Yeah. I mean, speaking of that, do you remember the, 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 the oval-shaped logo that the Brisbane Lions had in, I think, 2002? I do. And it, it heavily featuring gradients. So in that time, gradients have gone way out of fashion and now they've sort of made their way back in, which I always found amusing. But um, I just love seeing the different elements they took from the from Brisbane Bears and obviously the Fitzroy line. But um, if you see that V logo that I just shared down the bottom, it's got that script Brisbane text, mm-hmm. like it's been written in a texter. So that was taken and put on the, the, the Brisbane Lions logo, yep. mm. which, uh, which is interesting. Yep. Um, and then the last one is uh, a little bit obscure and um, probably another one that's not necessarily a great logo. Um, well, it's not a great logo. It's a period of its time. The West Sydney Razorbacks. So this is an Ooh. NBL team. Uh, and that was in the time period of, let me just bring that up. So 1998 to 2008. And I just found it to be such a, a unique, crazy logo. Um, obviously, so far removed from anything you'd see, you know, in today's design. They they also had pretty cool, uh, cool basketball jerseys that they ran out in. Another thing that I found pretty awesome. So um, I actually don't mind it. Like it is, it, the it's... Razorback itself. Yeah, Una- yeah. Yeah, it's a little unappealing to the eyes, but I think that's nearly part of its. It's charm, right? Yeah, yeah. And even the the uh, jersey itself that you've just shared with us, you know, that one-sided 
uneven, jagged uh, side panel and then all of the, the jagged edges that go around the binding on the neck and the, and the arms. Mm. Um, yeah, it, I'm getting real like... Definitely when did you say this was? Like 95? 98 to 2008 it was. Oh, 2008, that long. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I'm getting a lot of like biker mice of biker mice from mars that was my favorite uh, show i was a kid cheese tv cartoons <laughs> yeah. nick i don't know whether you're familiar with any no. of that stuff but that's the real vibe that i'm getting which i think was probably around that time right like yeah so interestingly yeah. um the sydney kings folded in 2008 so the razorbacks saw it as an opportunity being the last team in sydney to rebrand and try and appeal to the greater sydney market um and and this ties into us eventually getting onto some of the the logos we don't love from defunct teams, but they rebranded to the Sydney Spirit. Oh, geez, which is I don't even as... remember this. No, so I've just oh, shared oh, the logo of that. Oof. It uh, it has it has a netball netball team vibes. Nothing against the netball teams, but Sydney Spirit. Um, very so much. Team. Sorry, very much like. Uh, you guys probably won't be familiar with it, and it did nearly make my list. Was the Commonwealth Bank Trophy um, tournament logo very much very similar to that? <laughs> well, mate, we might just get into that in a, in a little bit. But um, so as an FYI, the Sydney Spirit being painfully Sydney with the two-tone blues, uh, trying to appeal to all, and you know having nothing, you know, particularly interesting about them. I think they lasted one or two years, and then. Then the organization folded. So uh yeah, there's my my it, offerings. I'm I'm looking back now and comparing Razorbacks to Sydney Spirit. Surely they lost fans by going away from that mm. nearly um disruptor style. It's an identity, right? View yeah, at least it has personality. Yeah. Um and then they've gone to this really corporate vomit style I'd, I'd say yeah that's poor poor decision making there but, i actually um, don't mind that the hog that's on the sorry going back to the razorbacks again for a minute the hog that's actually on the jersey itself which i think is a, a an extension of the logo with the is it running or resting i'm not entirely sure but yeah it's it's kick-ass i don't mind it at all can we that uh font can... also almost reminds me a bit of the minnesota timberwolves font from yeah, back in the day. Can we blame a marketing department for this one? Because it reeks of marketing influence. The Sydney spirit, oh, born spirit, in a marketing yeah. boardroom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, Mason, why don't you run us through your clinical? Very sterile. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. Hmm. What should I start with? I might work my way up from probably the most unappealing to the most appealing. So oh, this gosh. is actually uh, Football Australia. So this is on the back of Clive Palmer's Gold Coast United um, F, uh, what was it, A-League licence being revoked. So in standard Clive Palmer fashion, he decided to have a dummy spit and create Football Australia, which was essentially a rebel organisation um, set up to... Uh, essentially like a Super League of the NRL. Um, just coming off Wikipedia here, it was founded in 2012 by Clive Palmer. Um, 
and uh, it was intention. It, it was its intention was to be a breakaway league. Um, he intended to start recruiting junior players and start setting up uh, teams to rival the A League. But um, with all things that Clive Palmer does, it really didn't get anywhere at all. I mean, the irony being that Football Australia is now the, the governing body of of soccer in Australia, right? Yeah, that's right the, by that, the same name. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Okay, yeah. so the that's... name they've updated the name at some point. It's the FFA, isn't it? Yeah, Football Federation Australia. I yeah. thought. Anyway, yeah, what we're looking <laughs> at here is a, a gradient uh, stylized. So Oof. the name was changed to Football Australia in 2020. Okay. Yeah, okay. Very yeah, recently. Yeah. Just uh, Clive Palmer's slogan. Then I'm not sure if you just mentioned it, but is we kick harder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so like MLS American from that 90s. Yeah, from the 90s, yeah. <laughs> we kick harder. You could like you could argue you could get something good from that logo though. Obviously, I don't like the break in the A or the the curvature of it, but the sort of gradients of it, you could probably get something good out of that. Yeah, well, what I think they've gone with here is that is that an F and an A. So the break yeah. along the top of the A is the F, and then yep. the A completes it. Um, Would you and break then... both both horizontal parts? Well, you know, the other thing that I maybe is not intentional, but maybe it is, is the negative what? space to me looks yeah. like a foot, a foot? Like, that, yeah, would, yeah. that would have to be intentional Short, with yeah. Yeah. Foot. <laughs> i'm trying to think of an illustration style that would use that maybe like spongebob squarepants i'm not too sure yeah. but a really <laughs> skinny leg and then can an oversized you, shoe can i tell you what i see it, sure. it's like a, a stylized um uh like communist russia emblem what's it called the um the sickle and the hammer and sickle <laughs> is that what it is uh <laughs> yeah the first I don't know why, but the first thing I saw was just like some elephant. I don't know why I saw that, but oh uh, yeah, I can kind of see how you would. Yeah, it's got that sort of trunkish. No, you know what it is? It's the stars, and then it's the shape, which is similar to the. Is it the Democratic U.S. Party? U.S. Democratic Party? U.S. Politics? They've got the donkey and they've got the elephant. It's a very similar uh, shape. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the logo you're talking about. Yeah. So that's starting off uh, a little bit unappealing. This one is ugly, but I think it, it's got a lot of personality to it. And this is the South Queensland Crushers. <laughs> oh. uh, they were a rugby league team also, uh, I think, cursed by the Super League uh, war. Um, started in 92, I think, and, and survived until 97. The colors are quite interesting. The, I think the logo shape itself is quite strong. The text itself is quite strong. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the term is, but you know, there's a lot of people that have a, a like for trains and, and mechanics. And I, I do get a sense that, you know, trains can be menacing in a way and, and, you know, 
I don't know. I, I, I just really like the thought of um, this big, strong, you know, bulky machine and, and the word crushes, I think, can be used quite powerful. The style of the train itself is old and ugly, but I think it has a lot of merit. I don't love it. I, I, I love the jersey, though. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that. It was, um, it was a very interesting colour. I'm not sure if you... I'm not sure what they actually called it, but it was sort of like a must a, a mustardy. Um, well, well, here it is. They call it Aztec gold. A uh, little bit of a stretch for mine, but it was a cool, cool retro jersey. Yeah, one essentially stripes down the first third on the right. Um, navy base with that gold, or, or one of each, right? Home and away, um, inverted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, interesting colour combination. Never had a lot of success on field. No. Um, competing with the powerful Broncos in Brisbane. The logo itself as well, you could easily see that sort of on the front of a train as the, like, badge, eh? So definitely what they've gone for. Yeah. And sticking now in that theme for a little bit longer, this one I do like. I- is oh, the Illawarra yeah. Steelers. Uh, very 80s, very, very 80s in its um, design, its font, um, even the the mascot itself. I've got like um, Robocop or maybe even more Terminator vibes there. Um, but the, the Illawarra Steelers, again, around the same time, they ended up merging with uh, St. George in 1998, I think, um, but the the Steelers' name was chosen in reference to the local uh, Port Kembla Steelworks, which was the Illawarra region's largest economy employer. Other names were considered, uh, such as Lions or Steelies. The actual Steelers' name came after a competition was run to choose the name. So similar scenarios, but uh, again... Um, someone's uh, finally decided to, to, to stick on a name. Um, and yeah, I kind of really like that the team name is really tied in with the, the community or was picked from the community and, and nearly the, the working class, um, there in Illawarra. But yeah, I think it's a great logo. I think it could be, wouldn't need too much of a touch up to be modernized for today's standards. Um, and really a lot different to a lot of the other things that we see around. I was just going to say, when when was this one? 80s. And so I was just going to say, so this yep. logo actually was brought in in 1998. Okay. The, uh, yeah. the, the, the long-running Steelers logo was that weird one that we'd spoken about with almost the space helmet yep. and the big S on it. Um, if you type Illawarra Steelers into, into Google, it'll probably be the one that pops up. So for mine, that was a shitty logo. I certainly <laughs> agree that this one that was brought in kind of is kind of cool, right? And, you know, has a, a, a charm in itself. And it's got what you want in a modern logo in, in terms of, yeah, the, again, those thick lines. Thick and the, lines, bold. The, um, the sort of shadowing that it's got and, and stuff like that. It's and just very... For, Similar to the Melbourne Storm, but I would nearly argue that this is a better logo than the Melbourne Storm logo. Oof. 
Big call. <laughs> yeah, well, just um, you just guys just reminded these guys still exist, so it doesn't really fit in. But just for comparison, another '90s Steelers logo, um, Counties Manukau in New Zealand, South Auckland. Um, you probably can't see too much, but it is literally a man made of steel. So what's this, mate? Bra- rugby, rugby, rugby yeah, yeah, yeah. South Auckland rugby team. They this logo was sort of a secondary logo that they had from sort of the mid '90s to about 2001, when um, they had Lomu playing for them at the time, um, and with his haircut on the about... Steelers guy, it almost looks a bit like Lomu. Yeah, I was going to say, talk about men of steel. Yeah. So we're looking at the Steelers, original Steelers logo mascot. <laughs> That's great. What even is that? That's a Steeler, mate. <laughs> Literally a power <laughs> <Are you> blonde? <laughs> Why don't you share some of yours, Kit? Yeah, so I was going to move on to some of the, the ones that I didn't like as much. Um, in doing the research, I think I've kind of talked myself into liking this logo. Um it is, of course, the Melbourne Heart, now known as Melbourne City. Oh. So Melbourne Heart came in, I think, in 2010. Uh, they were the Heart for three years before they were, of course, bought by City City Football Group. Okay, Melbourne City. But um, the, the logo, I don't actually mind. It, it, it kind of was, to me, it was kind of doing what Juventus and you know, a couple of those other clubs that we're speaking about uh, is doing now. Less so of a traditional uh, football well, badge. I've just picked something up that I've never seen before. It's so the, dumb. The M and the H? The H, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the negative Whoa. space of the H. Take... <laughs> <laughs> Can I be honest? I've never seen that until right now. That's what's, Way that's, too what, well. that's what's won me over too. That's what <laughs> won me too. over in the, in the last hour. <laughs> Far out. Did you know that, Nick? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, way, way to like expose yourself. Oh, no. <laughs> I've always wondered what that little dicky bit of the 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 um the cut is. The, the why is it cut through? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what an idiot! And mate, can I let you in on another little secret? It's kind of in the shape of a heart too. Oh, okay. I picked that one up. Thank you. <laughs> so it's an M. <laughs> decent emblem. Good kits. We've spoken about it before with the Westpac spon- sponsor integration, but it's just—it's just that name, Melbourne Heart. How can you rally behind a team called the Melbourne Heart? So um, that's why they get my nomination. That another, that's another spirit vibe. Eh? That's a spirit vibe. I mean, Perth Glory is probably as bad as it it gets <laughs> in that regard. Um, Melbourne Melbourne Victory isn't great either. The mm. Fury was another one. Northern Fury. Um, yep. It'd be interesting just on Melbourne Heart and City Football Group. They've just bought Palermo or in talks to buy Palermo in Italy, and they are a sort of baby pink coloured team. So it'll be interesting to see if they change to the sky blue or not. I hope not, but you never know with those guys. So I, I, my next one's a two-part one, and it's uh, it's two netball teams. Um, now, it's not... A team that's, I mean, they're not around. It's the Perth Orioles, uh, which are now, I think, I don't know if they're entirely the same franchise, but it's the, the West Coast Fever, right? Yeah, Similar colours to what they are now. Yeah, it's the exact same organisation, just a 
um, rebrand. Yeah. So, um, I mean, personally, I hate it when new clubs are in West Australia and they don't go by Perth. I think that, you know, someone in North, you know, in the North part of WA or down South can support a team that's named Perth with no issues at all. Um, but just the logo, like look at that Perth Orioles logo. Um, there is no, nothing inspired about that whatsoever. <laughs> like it's like a big arsehole pointing at your face. <laughs> it's a it's couple of hands text. away from a goatsy. Like, um, yeah, there's nothing redeeming about it at all. That no, the or- orange in the logo doesn't really sit great against the green. I know that was their colours, but um, in terms of uninspiring logos, that probably takes a cake. <clears throat> you could uh, nearly, you could nearly uh, look at any of those teams. So Perth Orioles came around uh, at the time of the Commonwealth Bank Trophy, which I think was early '90s, maybe even mid '90s. Um, and if you were to compare any of the uh, teams that were set up at that time, all very similar. There was no logo, you know, mascot logo itself. All of the teams were set up as birds. They are supposed to be native birds, I believe. I think the only ones that didn't end up sticking with that was uh, one of the Adelaide teams, which is... Uh, I think the Adelaide was supposed to be Adelaide Falcons, and then they ended up going with Adelaide Ravens. But Man, all of the teams. Mind. Sorry, only just occurred to me that they're all birds. Yeah, yeah. So Commonwealth Bank Trophy. So Perth Orioles, Adelaide Thunderbirds, Adelaide Ravens, Melbourne Melbourne Kestrels, Melbourne Phoenix, Queensland Firebirds, Sydney Swifts, and Sydney Sandpipers. Sandpipers were booted and um, Hunter Jagers came in a couple of years later and um, then the uh, second Adelaide team folded and Canberra Darters came in late in the competition as well. But, yes, they were all themed around birds and they all just had that stylized text. Same font, I think, was nearly even used, perhaps, but um, yeah, all done by the same design studio, I believe, um, just with different colours. So you've sent through there the kestrels, so you can see the kestrels are following in the opposite um, Boeing um, style that the Orioles are. The Orioles are wider and taller in the middle and shorter and thinner out the sides, whereas the kestrels go the opposite. Um, the opposite star there. And you just compare it to the Baltimore Orioles and see how much sort of more personality you can get out of a logo. Yeah, well, we're talking netball here and even <laughs> in the 90s, not that netball's earning, oh, I think they're in the news at the moment with their financial struggles, but, you know, it was nearly no one was necessarily asking for money in netball other than the players themselves to get a competition off the ground. So all of this stuff would have been on some sort of a uh, budget. Yeah. Working for peanuts, I imagine, and just enough to get the competition off the ground. So when you look at something like this is major league baseball here, right? Mm. A whole lot of money, branding and history behind it. Whereas we're talking about women's sport in the early nineties or trying to get a professional women's sport going in the nineties. So yeah. Um, so so what did the original Firebirds logo look like? Just very much uh, the same. Black, red, and yellow. Um, right. Would you ever similar. use that on, on heritage gear? Tried to. 
tried to multiple times. Um, Yeah, there's a few different things at play um, there. I think we nearly a couple of years ago got um, what what do we call it when we go heritage, but we use the modern colours. Like a faux um, I like to call back. Yeah, faux Yep. So we nearly right. got one of those off the ground, but then COVID got in the way. So they had their heritage year two years ago, I think. Um, or what was it? Twenty? Was it twenty years? Um, it was last years year, ago. wasn't it? We we did, or you did the the sort of black, red, and yellow concepts, and then yeah. it turned into the yeah. turned, turned into the purple, didn't it? Yeah, I don't necessarily want to dive too deep into it in case it's something that does shots face again soon. But um, yes. Yeah, so I think they've had three evolutions of their logo over the time. Um, really standard text font like the Orioles, and then I think they shifted to something with like Firebird with flames coming along the tops of the the text. Um, and then in 2008, when the league got its first kind of serious reboot and went to the ANZ Premiership, that's when the, the bird crest came in. Uh, and their colours changed to a more maroon and then evolved into a purple over the, the few years after that, uh, but very similar to the Orioles in that first instance. Let's see if I can find it, actually, while we're still talking about it here. While you do that, I'll, well, Nick, did you want to nominate your? Yeah, so sort of apart from the Football Kings, who I thought of immediately, of course, um, one team that I sort of thought of from New Zealand that's now defunct, they only lasted a couple of years in the mid-90s, but they're an amalgamation of two rugby unions, um, and they were called the Central Vikings. Literally, this is the biggest logo I can find. It's like 100 pixels by 100 pixels. Um, but, yeah, as you'd expect, a guy holding a sword with a shield, a Viking, um, and then some 90s text. The jerseys were absolutely magnificent as well. Um, goldish orangey with some blue and white angles going across it. Yeah, wow. Um, but these guys, these <laughs> these guys spent a lot of money over the sort of two years of exist- existence they had, and they had. Um, pretty sure they they might have had Carlos Spencer. They definitely had um, Christian Cullen. And this is sort of where he made his name before moving to Wellington and, and making the All Blacks. Danny Lee's another one they had. So, yeah, these guys didn't last long, but they made waves with the money they spent and and how they went about things in, in the second division. Brilliant. How'd you go, Mason? Uh, I haven't found the original, but here is... That, that might actually be the original, but there was an updated one since then as well, which, you know, they had flames coming off the top of the all yeah. of the lettering. And that's that's right out of the Orioles playbook, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Pretty uninspiring. Some text. We can't even explain it because it's just some text. <laughs> some text. <laughs> yeah, some, some red text. Cool. Is that all we've got? Uh, I'll circle back around. Um, Okay, so I'm going to show you not the logo, but a bit of a history first. This is the Townsville Suns. This is actually directly ripped from IP Australia because I couldn't find it anywhere else other than on jerseys. So in, um, what was it? 
Former Brisbane Bullets guard Mark Bragg, a Townsville resident, began campaigning to bring an NBL franchise to Townsville in the late 80s. The NBL was ready to admit the Suns, along with um, another fellow Queensland team, the Cougars, which I'm not featuring today, um, but failed to get it off the ground until 1993. In their first year... Uh, sorry, in their first two or three years, um, they played under the Townsville Suns, however, uh, started to face the prospect of paying uh, NBA's Phoenix Suns royalties on merchandise sales, as the Phoenix Suns owned the right to the name for basketball in Australia. So yeah. they were then faced to change their name, which they did do to... Townsville Crocodiles. Great logo. Which is a fantastic logo that could still be used today. Uh, the Crocs continued to play until, I think, 2016, when they pulled out of the 2016-17 season due to financial pressures. Um, very popular team, actually, the Townsville Crocodiles. Um I'm not sure about their success, but they were, um, I would say, equal to what the Bullets were at the time as far as popularity and um, appreciation, you know. Um, I suppose the NBL seemed to do really well up there. Yeah, Townsville doesn't get too many pro teams, does it? Does it? So. Look at the Cowboys. Yeah. What I always found interesting was how that region was able to support both, you know, Townsville Crocs and then Cairns Taipans as well. Um, yeah, and the Cairns Taipans, I think, they're still around, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and yep. they're, they're, I wouldn't say they're success um, on court, uh, but they do have a really strong following up there as well. One thing I will mm. say is that it's hard to have success on court when, when if Perth Wildcats aren't winning, then the Breakers are winning. The Breakers <laughs> yep. aren't winning, then... Melbourne's usually winning, so um, um, yeah, I always found it interesting, especially when there were certain times when, well, there was a long period where Brisbane didn't have a team, right? Nearly ten years, yeah. yeah. That all came fell through with the the owner who oh, he owned the childcare centres. It's a bit of a history lesson, isn't it? Um, and that all fell through, and he refused to give up the. Well, no one wanted to buy the ownership of the Bullets, so it all kind of collapsed. Um. Yeah, which I think was two thousand and eight. They won. Mm. They won it in two thousand and seven. The Bullets, and then they folded in two thousand and eight, and then didn't make their way back until twenty sixteen seventeen season. So yeah, what's that? Eight years. We could almost do a whole segment on defunct NBL teams or defunct basketball teams in Australia. You could, and then, yeah. And then again, we could do a whole segment on defunct Gold Coast sporting franchises that have gone this year. I did nearly get caught in the trap when uh, I, I made my way to the Gold Coast United Football Club, and uh, that's what led me to Football Australia. Um, but yeah, getting into trouble, going, oh, could I get away with a Gold Coast theme here? But no, I really wanted to feature the Townsville Crocodiles. I think it's a great logo. Um, interesting colour combinations. You got blues and greens in there, and then the yellows, and then that blood red orange as well. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's sweet. That, I can see why the Phoenix Suns came at Townsville because that is an exact rip-off of the <laughs> Phoenix logo almost with the 
Interestingly, not, that not the, the fire, Gold Coast. But... <laughs> well, interestingly, that the Gold Coast Suns uh, did not fear, you know, fear any sort of litigation in that department. Oh, mate, you would not believe the rabbit hole that I went down. I've got a lot of uh, information when we do a deep dive into the Gold Coast Suns. Um, I found a whole <laughs> lot of articles using the Wayback Machine <laughs> that uh, I think were people were hoping to bury um, on the Gold Coast Suns and and their branding. Great kit that the Townsville Crocs had at certain times. Yeah, I'd buy I'm that in a heartbeat. I'm telling you, green does not feature enough in sports uniforms. Bring back the Crocs and bring back the Razorbacks, for fuck's sake. We've got the Jack Jumpers, but we want the OGs. Bring Get them back. Done. Bring them back. Am I ever going to see the Crocs <laughs> again? <laughs> awesome, boys. Well, good job. Let's quickly shift over to the mailbag. And we've got one here from the underscore jersey underscore draw. Drawer. Hey, fellas, love the pod. Just a quick question, and sorry if it's a bit basic. In a comp, say, like the NRL, who decides what strips are worn? Is it up to the teams themselves or the NRL? I'm interested because you often see an away team playing their away alternate strip even when there's no clash with the home sides. Is this their change kits can get more exposure? Thank you. I can obviously answer this one. So I assume they're talking on a week-to-week basis, but... I mean, in terms of getting your kits approved, um, it obviously has to go through NRL approvals. Uh, footy ops will tell you if there's a clash between any clubs and if you need to make a change or... Who's uh, a footy op? What's a footy op? Footy operations. So That's the NRL? It's a, a sec- section of the NRL, yeah. Yep. yep. Um, so we recently had one of our teams, PT20, oh, sorry, 2023, Away jersey, uh, we got told that it needed to include more white, which was annoying. So I've just had to do it like a last minute rejig. Don't you um, be touching my cowboys? Could well be the cowboys, mate. But so in terms of the week to week and what jerseys are worn, obviously the home team gets priority, so they basically dictate what is to be worn, and um, the NRL essentially tells the away team, uh, you know, what they have to wear. So. I think a lot of the clashes that you see in the NRL come from, uh, and there's quite a few of them, the teams that have, you know, obviously the contrasting shorts to the jersey. So you think of, you know, the Bulldogs when they have a majority white jersey with with blue shorts and Manly's another one and the Roosters as well. So um, we've seen in previous years the NRL not being great at trying to, you know, work around that and ensure there's no clashes. But, yeah, that's essentially how it works, uh, Mason. Is there a policy that or is there not a policy that if you wear a away jersey, you have to wear away shorts? Uh, well, the thing is it, it's almost a case of the NRL will tell you what shorts you have to wear with that jersey for that particular game. Um, right. So you've got – we've got – what is it? Eight jerseys a year. Two of those jerseys are your home away. They've got to be used at least six times each. Is that right? Minimum? Oh, I'd have to bring it up. I forgot what it was, but... No, that's yeah. okay. Um, and then you've got 
alternate blah 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 all these other ones so yeah. the clubs then would specify i want to wear my first nations jersey on obviously indigenous round but then also perhaps nadoc week or round 26 for whatever reason are they yeah. nominating specifically what weeks they want to be wearing of the course. jerseys and then the nrl would come back and say no you can't wear it on this one you need to wear this one or is the nrl no. going standard season when you're playing away against this team you have to wear this jersey unless you want to wear your well a good example is manly at the moment right so they've worn that I think they're wearing that community jersey this weekend um, or a points bet jersey is a good week. They're saying, okay, this is the round we want to celebrate points bet or this is the round we want to have a community day. But they're telling the NRL um, that's when they want to wear it. You know, yeah. Most of the time, I'd imagine the NRL would have no issues with that. Um, and then it becomes a case of dictating to the, the travelling team what they have to wear, right? So, so most times the team, when the team is playing away, they don't actually get to nominate what they're wearing. Um, well, I guess it depends if there's a direct, a direct clash, right? That's what it's all about. Mm. You you can't be the the away team and dictate. Oh, this is what we want to wear. And the NRL turns around and goes, "Well, tough shit. Manly's wearing this, and it's going to clash." Um, yeah. I'm just trying to get uh, into the mind of the question here in that uh, and, and make sure that it's clear. The home team will always nominate what they want to wear. Mm -hmm. The away team can say, hey, we would like to wear this jersey on this date and it's up to the NRL to sign off on that. Yeah, but, I mean, typically you're not dictating what jerseys you're going to be wearing on, on away games because you want to be... You know, this part of the celebration and the, the 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 game day activations and everything is all to do with home games, right? So, yeah, very very so, rarely you're going to have a special jersey that you're um, going out there and specifically requesting to the NRL to wear an, on an away game. Well, who knows? Uh, New Zealand Warriors next year might be having Queensland based jerseys for when they play in Queensland after spending oh, they you know spent some time in New South Wales as well, didn't they? But Away base well, jerseys there. Well, that's the only one I could think of is when like they they wore the one versus the Sydney Roosters, right? Um, obviously, heritage, they weren't yeah. able to. Yeah, the Heritage one. Obviously, they weren't able to play at home. What about the Anzac round? I know Melbourne and Warriors. Uh, I know they're not under Dynasty's portfolio, but they um, they have a traditional round each year. Do they? I think they alternate between well. They used to alternate between playing in New Zealand and Melbourne for Anzac Ground. Mm. They would both have Anzac jerseys. Mm. Yeah, but I, I guess mean, that, I, I guess that's just being cleared off because it's a special round anyway. Well, right? I, I guess that understanding is that you know this year you're going to be a home, you know, it's going to be a home, a home round for you, a home match for you. So you'll be likely in a dark design, and the other team will be in a light one. So, I mean, here's a, here's probably a, a good way to answer. The correspondence question. Uh, do you remember Titans wore? I think they've only worn one Anzac Day jersey, was it? With the sort of grey camouflage pattern. I think it was last year. It was an Air that, Force based one. Yeah, it had the Air Force logo on the front. So we did that, right? That was a complete afterthought. So South Sydney went to them and said, Guys, we're wearing this. Is there any chance you can 
wear one as well. And all of a sudden, the the, the Titans start scrambling and go, guys, I know it's last minute, but can, can we knock up something that doesn't clash with what the Rabbitohs are wearing here? Rabbitohs are obviously in that blue, I think it was a blue kit, was it? It was. Yeah, Titans being a blue team. Um, hence why we had to do something a little bit different with the grey. So that's probably a pretty so good The NRL example. even wouldn't come back at that point in time and say your traditional colours are, what are, what are the, is it myrtle and uh, what's the, what's the red. colours of, oh, of South Sydney? Green, but yeah, myrtle and um, cardinal, is it? Yeah, might be that. Um, and they say, you're playing the Gold Coast Titans. Okay, we're the home team. We're going to wear blue. <laughs> Gold Coast Titans are blue and yellow and white. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole traditional colours argument went out the window when they sold sold uh, old jerseys to Marvel for three years running, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hope that somewhat answered the question. They'll let us know. We might yeah. have to come back and revisit it in a bit more detail, but yeah, I think the clocks. I'm, you get you get situations ticking. as well where home jerseys and away jerseys have different sponsors on them, so you'll mm. have contractual ob- obligations to get your away jersey out a, a number of times throughout the season. So you'll see teams wearing their home jerseys. Uh, sorry, their away jerseys at home. Uh, I know the Hurricanes and Super Rugby are, are, are one who do that. Well, an interesting one, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with this, but in the AFL, like at Collingwood, for example, when Collingwood was only running with the one Guernsey, not doing the home and away, they'd technically have an away and a home Guernsey, but it'd just be with the sponsors swapped. Around. So that you're fulfilling your two majors. Um, And it's the exact same design strip, but it's just, you know, how they can appease both their major sponsors. So, um, yeah, that's I've always found that interesting. That's probably not something we see in the NRL, but, yeah. This is from Rick FSC uh, commenting on um, your post, Nick, on the uh, Venice. Um, Venezia. Venezia, yeah. Jersey, the football shirt of choice when you go to a fancy dinner. That's right. And also on that bit of news, Concept Football Club commented, it's easy to forget they got relegated to Serie B this season. The fashion slash streetwear element is definitely part of the sport now with the growth of the kit collector's culture like sneaker culture was for many years prior. Like modern fashion, hype is a currency today. Yeah, that's right. And you, you saw it coming in the NBA in the 80s and 90s and... It's it's hit other sports and other parts of the world now. Yep. And uh, Michael75Lions commented on our Gold Coast Suns post from a few weeks back. Bit late to this, but agree 100%. It's an odd monogram logo in the middle. Very simple and basic GC. Carlton and Fitzroy have true monograms. I don't mind the red-yellow colours, and it's true to Gold Coast with the beaches. It's the worst jumper in the league at a time when all jumpers are looking mint. I think because of what they have, and it's been 10 to 12 years of the same now, they need to go traditional with an eye-catching yellow V. I mean, to not even try something different with, say, the Clash jumper over the years shows how stubborn they are under Cochrane. He calls the shots and it's big, and is big on modern. Uh, I'd probably have to slightly disagree with you on the Clash there. I think if you look at the history of the Gold Coast Suns Clash 
jerseys. There's um, there's been a fair few over there. What do we say? Ten to twelve years. Um, I think their original. Remember Guernsey, the wave one. The wave one. Their original Guernsey is quite popular with the Suns fans themselves. Uh, the uh, white with uh, was it blue with yellow finishes on it as well is yeah quite popular. Wouldn't say I love it, but it's there. Yeah, they need they need to do something. Yeah, they. Yeah, I don't think a V is the answer. I think we've stated before, and we've, I know we're going to talk about this over and over again as we host this podcast. But I think that they need to go majority solid red with another tonal red or yellow in there, and or some foam blue radiant. Get some foam blue in there, guys. See foam blue. Have you got your spoon and your bowl, mate? A bit of shit in there that you're stirring. It's a good comment, though. I liked his comment. Overall, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I don't think a V is the answer. I think the Gold Coast can come up with something different, but I do like seeing them in all red. And as I mentioned earlier, when I um, started going in the Wayback Machine with the Gold Coast Suns, I found a bright yellow training Guernsey uh, that they used to wear as well, which I thought was interesting. But yeah, let's leave let's leave diving into that again for another time. Uh, and I think that wraps up the uh, mailbag. Um, and pretty much also wraps up the show. Uh, what are your thoughts on today's episode? Uh, are there some defunct teams that we miss this time around that you would have loved to hear us talk about? Please let us know and we'll feature them in, in the next time that we uh, discuss. If you like what you're hearing and you have any suggestions, please reach out. You can send us an email at fieldofdesignpodcast at gmail.com or send us a message, comment, or tag us via Instagram at fieldofdesignpodcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please remember to subscribe. Feel free to share your podcast with any friends or enemies or other jersey collectors or sports creative fans out there. And also don't forget to leave us a review and some stars on your preferred podcast app. What are we saying, Kit? 70. I'm going to go with two because that's <laughs> more. That's double the amount of series New South Wales have won in their greatest dynasty ever against the worst <laughs> Queensland team of all time. Just quickly, so Paul Gallen was a guest speaker at this event yesterday. Why would you get Paul Gallen to speak at a state of origin event like he knows anything about winning the fucking thing? <laughs> Why would you get Paul Gallen to speak? <sighs> Can he <Good> speak? <laughs> exactly, my point. <laughs> Uh, that pretty much wraps up the episode. Shout out to my co-hosts and Jersey boys, Nick and Kit. Gang, gang. Good to talk to you. Next week, we will be having a look at the Com Games. Thank you. Have a good night. Everyone expects Joey. Except Joey Johns. He's a sook.